Hey everyone, Nick here. Uh, this week we are going to hear a reading from Chapter 2, Book 1 of J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Rings, read by our own student, Lucas Farage, uh, junior here at the Marist School. If you like what you hear, uh, next week we will be doing Fellowship of the Rings. And thanks. It has everything to do with it, said Gandalf. You do not know the real peril yet, but you shall. I was not sure of it myself when I was last here, but the time has come to speak. Give me the ring for a moment. Frodo took it from his breeches pocket. It was clasped to a chain that hung from his belt. He unfastened it and handed it slowly to the wizard. It felt suddenly very heavy, as if either Frodo himself was in some way reluctant for Gandalf to touch it. Gandalf held it up. It looked to be made of pure, solid gold. Can you see any markings on it? he asked. No, said Frodo. There are none. It is quite plain, and it never shows a scratch or sign of wear. Well then, look. To Frodo's astonishment and distress, the wizard threw it suddenly into the middle of a glowing corner of the fire. Wait, he said in a commanding voice, giving Frodo a quick look from under his bristling brows. No apparent change came over the ring. After a while, Gandalf got up, closed the shutters outside the window, and drew the curtains. The room became dark and silent. Through the clack of Sam's shears, now nearer to the windows, could still be heard faintly from the garden. For a moment, the wizard stood looking at the fire. Then he stooped and removed the ring to the hearth with the tongs, and at once picked it up. Frodo gasped. It is quite cool, said Gandalf. Take it. Frodo received it on a shrinking palm. It seemed to have become thicker and heavier than ever. Hold it up, said Gandalf, and look closely. As Frodo did so, he now saw fine lines, finer than the finest pen strokes, running along the ring. Outside and inside, the lines of fire that had seemed to form the letters of a flowing script. They shone piercingly bright and yet remote, as if out of the great depth. I cannot read the fiery letters, said Frodo in a quavering voice. No, said Gandalf, but I can. The letters are elvish, of an ancient mode, but the language is that of Mordor, which I will not utter here. But this in the common tongue is what is said close enough. One ring to rule them all, one ring to find them, one ring to bring them all and in the darkness bind them. It is only two lines of a verse long known in elven lore. Three rings for the elven kings under the sky, seven for the dwarf lords in their halls of stone, nine for the mortal men doomed to die, one for the dark lord on his dark throne. In the lord of Mordor, where the shadows lie, one ring to rule them all, one ring to find them, one ring to bring them all and in the darkness bind them, in the land of Mordor, where the shadows lie. He paused, and then said slowly in a deep voice, This is the master ring, the one ring to rule them all. This is the one ring that he lost many ages ago 
to the great weakening of his power. He greatly desires it, but he must not get it. Frodo sat silent and motionless. Fear seemed to stretch out his vast hand, like a dark cloud rising in the east and looming up to engulf him. This ring, he stammered, how on earth did it come to me? Ah, said Gandalf, this is a very long story. The beginnings lie back in the black years, which only the lore masters now remember. If I were to tell you all that tale, we should still be sitting here when spring had passed into winter. But last night I told you of Sauron the Great, the Dark Lord. The rumors that you have heard are true. He has indeed arisen again and left his hold in Mirkwood and returned to his ancient fastness in the Dark Tower of Mordor. And you hobbits have heard of, like a shadow on the borders of old stories, always after a defeat and a respite. The shadow takes another shape and grows again. I wish it need not have happened in my time, said Frodo. So do I, said Gandalf, and so do all who live to see such times. But that is not far for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us. And already, Frodo, our time is beginning to look black. The enemy is fast becoming very strong. His plans are far from ripe, I think. But they are ripening. We shall be hard put to it. We should be very hard put to it. Even if it were not for this dreadful chance, the enemy still lacks one thing to give him strength and knowledge to beat down all resistance, break the last offenses, and cover all the lands in a second darkness. He lacks the one ring. The three, fairest of all, the elf lords hid from him, and his hand never touched them or sullied them. Seven, the dwarf kings posed, but three he has never recovered, and the others the dragons have consumed. Nine he gave to mortal men, proud and great, and so ensnared them. Long ago they fell under the dominion of the One, and they became ring-wraiths, shadows under his great shadow, his most terrible servants, long ago. It is many a year since the Nine walked abroad, yet who knows, as the shadow grows once more, they too may walk again, but come. We will not speak of such things even in the morning of Shire. So it is now, the nine he has gathered to himself, the seven also, or else they are destroyed, the three are hidden still. But that no longer troubles him, he only needs the one, for he made that ring himself, it is his, and he let a great part of his own former power pass into it, so that he could rule all others. If he recovers it, then he will command them all again, wherever they be, even the three. And all that has wrought with them will be laid bare, and he will be stronger than ever. And this is the dreadful chance, Frodo. He believed that the one had perished, that the elves had destroyed it, as should have been done. But he knows now that it has not perished, that it has been found. So he is seeking it, seeking it, and all his thought is bent on it. It is his great hope and our great fear.
Why, why wasn't it destroyed? cried Frodo. And how did the enemy ever come to lose it? If he was so strong, and it was so precious to him. He clutched the ring in his hand as if he saw already dark fingers stretching out to seize it. It was taken from him, said Gandalf. The strength of the elves to resist him was greater long ago, and not all men were estranged from them. The men of Westernese came to their aid. That is the chapter of ancient history which it might be good to recall, for there was sorrow then too, and gathering dark. But great valor and great deeds that were not wholly vain. One day, perhaps, I will tell you all the tale, or you shall hear it told in full by one who knows it best.